0: Would you turn in your Bible, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 8. Acts, chapter 8. We begin with verse 4. Acts, chapter 8, beginning with verse 4. May we pray together, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the wonderful messages and song that have blessed our hearts this morning by the choir and the old-fashioned singers and the whole congregation. We pray that now the Holy Spirit will bring a quietness to our hearts, that we might examine each of us himself and to see what kind of a believer, what kind of a person, We really are. We pray that the Holy Spirit will use the message that those who are here without Christ might come to know Jesus personally as Savior and Lord, and Christians will rejoice in Christ. We ask it in His name. Amen. reading from Acts chapter 8 beginning with verse 4 therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that for a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized he continued with Philip and was amazed beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God they sent unto them Peter and John who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God might be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the fault of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon, and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me and they when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans." Philip was one of the early deacons. You recall that in that sixth chapter of Acts there had developed a murmuring between the Grecians and the Hebrews. The The widows of the Grecians And the the Hebrew widows were jealous of each other for they imagined that the Apostles were giving more attention to the Hebrew widows than the Grecians now they were both Jews the Grecian widows were those who were transported you might say from the dispersia and had come back to Jerusalem they were Hellenistic in their outlook because they had been under the influence of the Greek culture the Hebrews were those who had been in Palestine all along, and had been in Jerusalem all along. And the one were pitted against the other. And the scripture says that the apostles, rather than deal with this directly, asked the church to set aside seven men who would deal with this murmuring and take care of the tables and so on. From this, there developed the church, deacons. There were seven of them in the beginning. Stephen was one, and last Sunday night we spoke concerning Stephen. How, when he was being stoned to death, people looked upon him and they saw him as he had been, as he had had the face of an angel. Another one of those early deacons was Philip. Now, notice that they were called just to put down the murmuring between the Grecians and the Hebrews and to wait on tables and so on. But those men were so filled with the Holy Ghost, so filled with the fire of God, that they could not be content with doing just administrative things. They got involved in the soul-winning spiritual ministry of the church. And ever since that day, they have been pace-setters for those who would be godly men those who would be deacons, those who would be servants of the Lord. The first deacon, Stephen died as the first martyr for giving his testimony in the city of Jerusalem. One of those other deacons was Philip. The scripture says he went down to Samaria and there he preached and many people heard the Word of God and they were getting saved. Scores and scores of them maybe hundreds of them as a matter of fact the scripture says there was great joy in that city Wherever the word of God is preached Wherever the word of God is believed wherever many people many people get saved there is joy Joy in the presence of the angels of God in heaven and joy in the earth <clears throat> And there was joy in Samaria now there was a certain sorcerer there and I think it's appropriate that on this Halloween day we talk about the sorcerer Simon Simon was a man of witchcraft he was a sorcerer I don't know whether he used a Ouija board I don't know whether he read people's palms we're not told exactly what kind of sorcery he engaged in but he was engaged in witchcraft and many people believed in him as a matter of fact when they wanted to know something about the future, they came to Simon. And Simon, by the power of the devil, by the power of Beelzebub, was able to tell them a little bit about the future. He was able to tell them a little bit about their lives. He was able to tell them a little bit about what was going to happen tomorrow. And I might say, when you go to sorcerers, when you go to palm readers, when you go to fortune tellers, when you become involved with those who make their living in the art of the occult. You, number one, disobey God. And I want to speak on this subject tonight when I speak on witchcraft, Ouija boards, the occult, and the devil, tonight in the service, Halloween night. And when you become involved in sorcery and witchcraft, not only, number one, do you disobey God, but number two you tune in to the power of Satan for not all of that is fakery some of it is real the part that is real is of the devil the part that is fakery is just a fake and you waste your money but there is an element of the real and that which is real is tuned in to the demonic power of hell and the Bible tells us to have nothing to do with it. Well Simon was that kind of a man. He was a sorcerer. And so many people got saved in Samaria that Simon lifted his eyes and he began to listen. His ears perked up. And he began to listen to what God was saying through Philip the great deacon. And he got so excited about what was happening The scripture says, Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized he continued with Philip and was amazed beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now as to whether Simon's faith was real, I do not know. Bible students are divided as to whether Simon had a genuine conversion. You say, but the Bible says he believed. Yes, the devil believes and trembles, but is not saved. You say he was baptized. There are many people who get baptized and join the church and attend regularly who are not on their way to heaven. They're on their way to hell. Because simple baptism and church ordinances and involving yourselves in the singing of the songs do not guarantee heaven. Until a man repents from sin and turns by faith to Christ and receives Christ into his heart, he is not saved. Salvation is more than going to a church or joining a church or getting baptized or being faithful to that church. Salvation and heaven involve a repentance from sin a turning away from sin and a turning by faith to Christ and receiving him into your heart so that by faith you live the Christian life not your faith but his faith his faith come to dwell in you now as to whether that had happened to Simon or not the bible doesn't tell us but we notice some things about Simon the disciples were filled with the holy spirit And there were great signs and miracles that were done and there were people being healed there were many people being saved and there was great joy and gladness now remember that Simon was a sorcerer he had earned his living on telling people about tomorrow maybe he had a booth and a husband and wife would come and say now are we going to get a divorce or are we going to live together And he'd tell them. There are a lot of people that go to sorcerers today to find out things like that when they need to go to God. I can imagine somebody losing a diamond ring. So he goes to Simon the sorcerer and says, Now can you tell me where that diamond ring is? And Simon the sorcerer tells him where it is, if he can. You know, there's a lot of that. And just because somebody who has a shop and calls himself a palm reader or a mind reader or a hand reader, that does not mean he is of God. He may get his powers from the devil. And I want to talk about that tonight. But Simon saw all these miracles and he wanted what was going on. He wanted that power. Now remember he was power hungry. So when he saw all that was going on, he came privately to the disciples. I guess to Simon Peter, verse 18, when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God." Here's the case of a man. Scripture says he believed, he was baptized, and he thought he could buy the power of God. There are people today who believe, they get baptized, they get in the church, but still there's no spiritual power there's no spiritual efficacy there's no mark of God upon their lives there is no finger of the Lord upon them there is no spring of well of water springing up from inside and pouring out into the other people's lives as an overflow blessing other people and Simon knew he missed that he wanted it. He wanted something. His motiv- motivation was misdirected. He wanted to be able to lay hands on people, heal them. He wanted all the majestical and power that seemingly the disciples had, and he thought he could buy it. And so he went with his money. He went to the apostles only to received the most severe stern rebuke that anybody in the New Testament received. Now this leads me to ask this morning what kind of a person am I? What kind of a person are you? There are three kinds of people. There are three kinds of love. There are three kinds of loyalty. Very briefly, in closing this message this morning, I want to lay on our hearts this question Are you like Simon the sorcerer? Are you like the disciples? What kind of a person are you? And I want to preface this by calling to our attention. That the greatest motivation in the earth is the motivation of love, but there are three kinds of love. And I hope you'll hear me. If you've tuned your mental alertness out and you're thinking about what you're going to do this afternoon or next week or all the decisions you have to make, would you please tune me back in and listen for a little while. This is really important. I'll not talk a long time. There are three kinds of love, eros, phileo and agape. Sometimes the young people sing, it's love, it's love, it's love that makes the world go round. It's love, it's love, it's love that makes the world go round. What is love? The greatest force in this world is love. There are three kinds. Eros is the physical attraction between men and women, between boys and girls. It's a strong drive, a strong desire that was placed there by God and used in its proper context. It is holy unto the Lord. Eros is a holy love. It is the physical attraction between men and women, but it can be greatly misused and used out of licensure. Used out of the will of God it becomes a terrible monster that tears people apart and Destroys their honor and lays their wisdom in the dust If all you have is eros a physical attraction that thrusts you at somebody from the opposite sex Then you do not have the power You need in your life Young people, if the thing that draws you to that one you like, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the thing that draws you is just that eros that God put in you and that thrusts you toward the one of the opposite sex, and that's the only thing you have. It's just skin deep, and it will not last through the trials and tragedies and difficulties of life and after a while you'll find that you're a fake and that the one that had eros for you was just a fake because it didn't endure there's a second kind of love and that's phileo phileo we find is a Greek word and we find in the English our word equivalent to it fellowship phileo fellowship And that's the kind of love where you enjoy doing things together. You enjoy being together. Men can have this for men, women for women, men for women, women for men. Fellowship kind of love. But I want to tell you if that's the only kind of love you have, just fellowship where you enjoy doing things together. Even though that's a holy and pure and precious and wonderful love, that is not the kind of love that will really keep you going. Because after a while you'll get on each other's nerves. Friends will get on each other's nerves And if lifetime partnerships are trying to are built on this those lifetime partnerships will crumble if they're all built Just out of eros or phileo because after a while You can't live in close proximity with somebody over a long period of time just with that kind of love Nor is that kind of love the kind of love that can help you through life there's some people Seem to be motivated purely and totally out of eros There are other people who are motivated entirely out of phileo And for a while you don't even notice it Everything seems to be all right But there's a third kind of love And that's the Bible word agape, agapao which means the unselfish love of God in which one pours his life into another. And this is the love of God. And this is the love that broke through into our hearts to redeem us from sin, to buy us back from the common market of sin. and Wrote our names in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. And when you have agape in your life, when you have that kind of love in your life, You have that which will endure throughout all of life. And now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But there are three kinds of lives. P.T. Stickle divides people into three groups. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who wonder what's happened. Three kinds of people. Three kinds of lives. Paul was the kind of man who made things happen. The Edomites are an illustration given in Obadiah verses 11 and 12 of those who watched things happen. The Babylonians came in on the Israelites. The Bible says the Edomites stood on the other side and just watched. Now they were brethren, they were from the same kinsman background, and the Edomites stood and watched the pagan Babylonians come in and take the Israelites into captivity, and the Edomites just stood over there and watched. They just watched. Ahimaaz is an example of a person who wondered what happened. He was at the front of the battle, saw a great splash, heard a great noise. He came to the captain and said, Can I run? Can I run? I want to go tell David. What are you going to tell him? Well, I don't know. I just want to go tell him. And so Ahimehaz ran, 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 ran. And he ran and he outran Cushy And he got to David. And he said, David, oh, King David, there was a great splash. And I heard a great noise. And David said, What happened? And Ahimehaz said, Well, I don't know what happened. There are a lot of people like that. Three kinds of people those who wonder what happened those who watch what happens and those who make things happen ladies and gentlemen in the Christian church there are all kinds of people those three which kind are you what kind of person are you are you like Simon the sorcerer are you like those people who wonder what's happened that's way Simon was He didn't really know what was going on. Well, he he believed, he was baptized, he was in the church, but he didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand. Is it possible that there are men and women and boys and girls in tune with this service this morning who really don't know what's going on spiritually? You just come, like punching in the time clock, and you come and fill your pew and you wonder well why does that preacher get so excited and why does that choir stand up there and sing like they sing and why do those musicians go all over the keyboard like they do and why does that old fashioned singer as they get up there and sing and sing and sing like they're really mean and they shake their heads and they smile. Why do they do that? I don't understand it. I have an idea that there's some people right here this morning who don't understand that. What kind of person are you? Or are you that kind of person that makes things happen? Like the Apostle Paul who said this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and pressing on to those things which are to come, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then there are not only three kinds of love and three kinds of people, lives, there are three kinds of loyalty. Why do you do what you do? I want to close by that listen to this in Genesis chapter 28 beginning with verse 20 and Jacob vowed a vow saying if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee Jacob said if God will do this and this and this then I'll serve him if are you an if person God I'll come to you if you'll meet all my needs if you'll take all my worries if you'll give me a bunch of friends if you'll meet all my financial needs Lord I'll be a tither if I never have any more problems never have any more burdens if Are you that kind of a person? I want to submit to you this morning, the if person never gets much accomplished in life. Until Jacob swapped places from being an if Christian to being the kind of Christian God could count on, he went through life scared out of his wits. In a little while he was going to meet Esau and and here's what he did. You know when he got ready to meet Esau? He had sinned against Esau. What do you do when you meet people you've sinned against? <laughs> well Jacob was scared out of his wits. Now, he, had, he, had, he had married, had a couple of wives, had a whole lot of lands, had a lot of cattle, and a lot of sheep and oxen, and here's what he did. He said, Now I'm going to meet Esau tomorrow. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my sheep out there in front, and then I'm going to put my cattle, and then I'm going to put my oxen, and then I'm going to put my first wife, and then my second wife, and I'll be last. And if he kills any of us, he'll kill all them first, and then he'll kill me last. That's the kind of man he was. Really. He was an if man. But after a little while, we read in the Bible that he swapped places with that. And and, uh, Jacob became the kind of man that God could count on. And he was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. What kind of a person are you? There's a second man in this scripture that I want to read about, Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The psalmist said, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice. I like to hear testimonies. Every once in a while, somebody will get up and say, you know, I I really love the Lord because he got me out of a horrible pit. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody else to say well, I love the Lord because I had such and such a financial problem and the Lord met my financial problem and I don't have a problem anymore Somebody else to get up and say well I love the Lord because I was deathly sick and the Lord healed me and I'm alive You don't very often hear about somebody who gets up and says I love the Lord Ever since I've met him I've had reverses and problems and burdens and sicknesses and I have cancer now and I'm dying with cancer, but I love the Lord I love the Lord. I want to know why do you love the Lord? Why do you serve the Lord? What kind of a person are you? Are you a because person? As long as everything's going your way, everything's all right. You just serve and serve and serve. stars turn to gold and your bank account diminishes and the bills pile and you have to visit the doctor and there are burdens and problems what do you do Job's wife said curse God and die I have known people that did that what do you do Simon the sorcerer thought he could get power by Buying it, you know, there are people that are for sale You say preacher, what do you mean by that? There are government officials that are for sale Now I want to quit on time. I'm not sure i'm going to because i'm getting on something that's near near my heart tuesday you're going to the polls And you're going to vote for somebody I want to ask god to give you discernment give us everyone discernment if there's ever been a national election when we needed discernment We need it today. Find somebody that is not for sale. Somebody that will not talk out of two sides of his mouth. One thing I like about Charlie Wilson, He, he may not be, everybody may not love him. I love him. I respect him. I thank God for him. But I tell you, he gets lambasted every once in a while. But he says what he believes and he stands on it. And if the other side doesn't like it, he just stands there anyway. He is not two-mouthed, two-faced, talking out of two sides of his mouth, and he's not running for anything right now. I'm not trying to boost his election. I just want to say, we need to find men in public office who are not for sale, who cannot be purchased, who cannot be bought, who will not talk one way to one group and another way to one group. I know one man that's running for election. He met with some and they said, what do you think about abortion? He says I'm personally against it he met with another group and they said are you for an amendment to the Constitution that would do away with ab- uh, abortion he said no no I'm not for an amendment that would do away with abortion now where do you where do you stand I'm not talking about the abortion question this morning I'm talking about where do you stand as far as some convictions are concerned are you are you solid or, or, or are you for sale When somebody gets you on one side and talks to you and gets your ear, do you believe them? And then somebody else gets your ear and you believe them. You know why men are unfaithful to their wives? Do you know why? Because outside of the home, they go over here and here's some dear woman who has all kinds of problems. And she sits down and says, "Oh, oh, you don't know the problems I've got all my problems and she starts pouring all of her problems out to that man and that man hadn't got any better sense than sit there and listen to him they drink coffee together and they listen to each other's problems then he starts pouring out his problems to her and what man doesn't have any problems what woman doesn't have any problems and so they pour out their problems and after a while they say well you know we didn't get our problems discussed enough so let's meet tonight and we'll talk about our problems tonight that poor woman at home she has problems too that's the way men get unfaithful to their wives. That's the way wives get unfaithful to their men, to, to their husbands. Because instead of standing for something and taking their burdens to God, I want to tell you, men, you have no right to listen to the woman's problems outside of your home. And women, you don't have any right to listen to some man pour all of his problems off on you. If some woman comes to you and... Says, I've got a bunch of problems. Why don't you men say, Well, look, you can come over tonight and tell my wife all about your problems? See how she feels about that. It's vice versa. I'd keep some homes together. I've seen more homes torn up over coffee breaks in factories. It's a sin against God and against your home. What kind of man are you? What kind of person are you? And then there's another kind. That other kind is the nevertheless person. Listen to this in Habakkuk chapter three, verse seventeen: Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no food, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herb in the stalls, herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord; I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he shall make my feet like hinds' feet and he shall make me walk upon mine high places to the chief singer. This man was the kind of man who even if everything failed, if all the problems crowded in, if nothing worked out right, he said, I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I'm not for sale. I don't serve the Lord if he'll do this. I don't serve the Lord because he's done this. I serve the Lord because Jesus has come into my heart and I can't help it. God being my helper, I'll do nothing else. When the crowd doesn't like it, I'm going to stand anyway. When the fickle mob have gone home and they've stood against me, I'm going to stand anyway. Listen, this will work in elementary school, this will work in junior high, this will work in high school, this will work in the university, this will work in the professional world, it will work in the workaday world, anywhere you are. If you have Jesus in your heart, Christ has come in and you need more power, appeal to Him for that power. You do not have to compromise to get it. Simon the sorcerer needed something he didn't have because he never had anything to begin with. What do you have? do you really have Christ in your heart is the Lord Jesus living in your heart is he a reality as a personal precious person to you if you've never been saved you need Christ you need to open your heart wide to him and receive him and let him come and live inside of you won't you do it if you're if you're here today and you're you're not a Christian you've never been saved receive Christ if you're already a Christian Jesus is living in your heart would you open your life and say Lord I want I want the kind of experience with God that goes deeper. I want Christ to control all of my life. May we pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for what Thou hast done here this morning. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would move across people's heartstrings. Some who have never been saved, may they come to Christ and others who have already trusted Christ some privately in their homes may they come publicly today and take a stand for the Lord in Jesus precious name Amen may we stand please everyone standing I'd like to request that no one move around this is God's invitation and as we sing in just a moment God's Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts Would you let Him have His way with you? Whatever that means. If you're here without Christ, you've never trusted Jesus, you need to trust Him. I want to urge you to come from wherever you are and come giving your heart to Christ this morning, taking a public stand for God. If you're already a Christian, would you come this morning and say, I want to move my letter to this church, become part of the Glendale Baptist Fellowship, do what God wants me to do with my life. Or I want to follow Jesus in believer's baptism and serve the Lord. Would you do what Christ has impressed your heart to do? God help you to do it. As we begin to sing, who will come first?